What up, what up, what up? Hey, everybody. I hope you're doing well. Hey, I just want to let you know, I know everybody can't always support and donate uh, to the podcast, but hey, if you can do a one-time donation, I put up a buy me a coffee uh, link in this description of the podcast. So if you go to the description of the podcast, it'll be at the bottom, and you can just uh, go to that link and you buy me a cup of coffee, or two if you want. And uh, that would just help support the show, and uh, I can... I can wake up a little bit more and bring you more info so thanks for listening to the podcast if you can donate that would be much appreciated and let's get on to the show what's up guys welcome back to lockdown universe home of the bizarre peculiar and unheard of stories of ufo legend and lore hope you're doing well hope you're taking care of yourself got an interesting one today a story of a true account of an alien abduction in 1988 so going back to the 80s you know where we had madonna prince and you know flock of seagulls lots of good music back then and the 80s a great time for alien abduction stories so this story actually comes to us from the uh, ufo casebook um, let me give you the address here. It is ufocasebook.com uh, forward slash true account of alien abduction dot html. So I remember when I first started doing UFO research, UFO Casebook was one of the my favorite <laughs> websites to look up. They always had some really great stuff on it. It's changed since then, um, but there's there were a couple of just huge encyclopedias of abduction stories and. And this was one of them. So this story is really interesting. I, I remember coming across this one, and I wanted to share it with you. It stuck out to me. So I'll start and kind of give you some information about it. So it happened in 1988, and the story is from someone who wishes to remain anonymous. And uh, they state that they're going to read the story, um, and they spent some time uh, trying to locate this person to actually get the interview. So the person that wrote this took some time, tried to find the individual who uh, who originally wrote this and did an interview with them to get more information, more detail. So the story starts out in 88, and this individual would typically go to sleep about 8 p.m. each night, and he had to be at work at 5.30 a.m. every morning. So he made sure to get his sleep. But this night... He was woken up by a bunch of do uh, dogs barking loudly. He was pretty confused, and he woke up, and he stated he wasn't in his bed. He was actually in the middle of the street walking, and he found out that the dogs were barking at him. So it was at this time that he had no control of himself at all. The only thing he could move were his eyes. And the next thing he remembers, he was walking to a wooden bike trail near his home. As he crossed a little bridge, he knelt down on one knee with two hands on his bent knee and peeked through some trees and bushes, and he saw a craft of some type. It was ball-shaped with no lights and landed underneath these huge power lines. He never saw the craft from the outside uh, as it flew in the sky, uh, and as he was looking at it, the craft opened up and two smaller beings came out of the craft towards him. The next thing he remembers is boarding the craft. And as he walked onto the craft, two beings followed me into the craft, he stated. 
The craft was kind of cramped and dark, but was dark uh, so you could kind of see neon lights in the darkness, almost like a black light. So he asked these creatures where they were going, and they said they are taking him behind the moon. What podcast did I just do? A podcast on the moon. If you didn't listen to that one, listen to it. I have all kinds of government insiders talking about the pictures and remote viewings that they did of the alien bases behind the moon. And there's a specific reason why they are on the dark side of the moon, which this article gets into. So stay tuned. So as he as they stated they were going to take him behind the moon, he asked why. He stated that they couldn't be detected by Earth's radar from that point that point of origin so they hide on the dark side of the moon and that's why the moon never rotates folks because it's not real it's fake so moving forward even if you don't believe it's fake it still doesn't rotate so they still have bases there so nonetheless moving forward into this story uh, he stated that he looked out of some sort of window and saw the, that they were leaving Earth. They passed the moon and then made a U-turn back. This took less than 10 seconds. Less than 10 seconds. He stated that typically when you're in a vehicle and you, move, and you hit the gas, you launch backwards, right? Typical physics. In this case, they were pulled forward towards the... Uh, you know, the gravitational pull of the craft. The crafts that they use typically have some sort of vacuum system in the front that creates this vacuum, this anomaly, um, a singularity that pulls them into a vacuum which allows them to travel faster than most technology that we're aware of. So it literally took them 10 seconds to get to, my, uh, to the moon. Um, so he stated for some reason he wasn't scared about the trip. Um, he uh, he states that the next thing he remembers is that he woke up in this funnel-shaped pool. So a funnel-shaped pool. Imagine a funnel, but it's a pool, right? Sometimes they have these at swimming parks and kind of stuff like that. But they had a funnel-shaped pool filled with a greenish-black gel-like liquid and the pool had to be about 20 yards wide all the way around. So fairly wide, right? 60, about 60 feet across. And he stated it was pretty deep. The pool was made of some shiny metal, and the gel um, was very slippery, and you would slip under the gel if you tried to get out of this funnel. And he realized something very strange at that time, that he wasn't alone. He stated that there was about 15 other humans with him, and they were all screaming and panicking. And this is what actually scared him. He didn't know what they were screaming about. He thought they knew something that he didn't, and he got super scared. And some, were, some of the individuals were under the gel moving around that he could see, and others were trying to escape. So there wasn't a location where they could get air, and there was under, other individuals that were under the water, or under the gel. One man kept climbing halfway out. The closer he got to the top, he would hit some sort of beam and he'd slide back into the pool. Our individual 
our abductee stated he thought that that guy was insane because where did he think he could go? He wasn't getting out. He kept getting zapped down every single time. Um, and he stated that he didn't, he didn't see, uh, I didn't see who was telling me, but they were telling me not to be scared. So some sort of alien species was telling him not to be scared. He stated that they told me that I could breathe under the gel, that I could eat it and digest it. I couldn't drown in it. I could live in the gel. And he stated that it could also recycle human waste back into the gel. I believe that some of the humans were in the pool for years by the way that they were acting. I figured a way to be under the gel and still breathe air. That way they wouldn't hit me with the beam and make me slide under. And he blacked out after that. The next thing I remember were some pretty vivid memories, and I must let you know that I'm deathly frightened of frogs. I know how it sounds. Uh, he states that uh, that's his one phobia. It's their skin. And he states that he was rudely awakened uh, by a being about armpit high, holding my hand, taking me somewhere. I remember the touch of their hands as it woke me up from what, what, whatever knocked me out. I was tugged away and started to threaten them. I clenched my fist and I was getting ready to fight. I said, get away from me. If they touched me again, I was going to hit them. He told me if I would do that, I would change the world as we know it. Interesting. That's like a threat, right? I knew that if I hit him in the head, my fist would go right through them. Interesting. I didn't like the feel of their skin, and I thought I sure wouldn't want its brains all over me. So I was kind of stuck defending myself or making a huge nasty mess everywhere. That's when I realized that I was communicating with them with my mouth, and I knew what they were thinking, and they knew what I was thinking. So they were communicating telepathically. Uh, it made it difficult for me at first. I didn't like these smaller beings. Um, finally, they took me to a taller being, um, and as the taller being approached me, he told me, the smaller being that this is a prophet. I looked at his face for maybe half a second. His face grossed me out, so I never looked at him again. If I looked at him again, then he'd know how I felt about his appearance. I didn't want to offend him because I felt like it would make him feel uncomfortable and me uncomfortable. So this individual, this taller individual, the prophet, explained that they wanted to do some medical examinations if he would cooperate with them. And he states, I made a deal with them that if they didn't touch me, hurt me, or scare me, that I would do it. And the prophet stated that uh, they wouldn't hurt him, and he would also answer any questions that he had. So, seems like a fair deal. You get to answer a lot of questions about the universe, and uh, you get to know a little bit more. So... So as he agreed, he knew that they weren't lying to him because they could communicate telepathically. And as I remember, they took some skin from my right arm. It was the thinnest layer possible. And they couldn't even see, you know, if you even tried to look at it, you couldn't tell. The next, they took semen from him, and he didn't understand this. And he didn't want to go into a whole bunch of details because he felt like it would be 900 pages long, which is kind of interesting. He asked about the procedure later. And the last thing they did to him was the strangest of all. They took out, he took his right eyeball out of his head, and he actually saw the back of his eyeball and a cord and the veins connected to it. 
Obviously, he asked about that. Next, they put a small metal-like ball in his eye socket about the size of a broken piece of rice. And he said, what's that for? And they stated that it was so they could monitor him from space. And he thought it was so that they could see everything that he sees, like a video camera or something like that. Then he, they put it back, his eyeball back into his head. And his next memories were talking to the taller being and asking the questions that he wanted to know about. So he started to ask questions, and he felt like he was getting talked to the way an adult would talk to a five-year-old using simple words in very simple language. So he stayed, first question was, why did they need a semen? Alien responded, or the prophet responded, it was so that they could make baby humans in space. Then he asked him about uh, the visions that they put in his head, and they showed him how they do it. As we were walking and talking about humans in space, they walked through a doorway that you couldn't even see until you looked into it. So it's just higher technology that they're engaging in, really interesting stuff. Just as we were talking about humans in space, these two children, about 13 or 15, uh, one male, one female, turned to look at them. They both were human, full-blooded, perfect human beings. They didn't look like this prophet that looked kind of ugly. These guys were perfectly, uh, you know, human beings. They were both sitting down, turned away from us. Then they turned around and looked him in the eyes. He sort of introduced us, and they turned around and continued along with what they were doing. Apparently, they were controlling, driving, and operating the craft that they were in. They were in control, and he felt like he was just tripping a bit because, you know, trip, you know, mentally tripping because these were just kids, but he totally trusted them. He felt that it was crazy to do that, but he trusted them. Um, and being that you can read minds in this situation, he knew that the kids weren't, weren't scared or uncomfortable. They were programmed to master this job. So he stated that there was a ton more to this topic, and they just scratched the surface here. Um, but as they left, he noticed that they were taking him somewhere else. Um, this was kind of confusing. This time, it's the room that just appeared. It was like we were just instantly in it. I think they're, it's their doorways. They are unexplainable. So these doorways just seem to populate, and they're able to transport into another room. It's almost like another you know, uh, level of existence or another universe. Really interesting. Next thing I see is a dead cow hanging from, he believes, the the head up and the butt down. Nothing to my eyes was holding it up. I was baffled. I know cows can weigh tons, but this thing was just hanging. Next thing they did was dip it into some kind of gel uh, in a box-shaped pool just big enough for the cow to fit in. Strangely enough, the gel didn't overflow when they put the cow in. Again, just really interesting technology. The pool was filled up. Next, they lifted the cow out, and it was cut dead, and I started to get scared. I thought I was next. But then they showed me why they do this. It, it all related to the humans in space. He said, what do humans eat as a child or infant? He, and then I said, milk, of course. And he said, what do humans, uh, adult humans eat? And, he's, and our abductee said, hamburgers, steaks, and food. And the prophet said, again, exactly. Then he put a vision in his head and explained it all. He said they can't take earth cows to space. They do just like they told me. 
He said, we make our own cows in space, just like we make our own humans, germ-free, no fleas, no illness, pure cows, just like the space humans, perfect specimens. So that's really interesting. So then he asked about the monitoring behind his eye. They said humans do it all the time. He explained like this. How does a tiger explain to itself when it hears a helicopter coming out of the skies in the jungle? They explain it like a big metal scary object. They all of a sudden start they all of a sudden feel a pain in their hip and lose all control of everything except their eyes. Then creatures come out of the object and start doing things to it, like tagging its ear, even taking its teeth. They even take semen to preserve the species from extinction sometimes, basically scaring the crap out of the tiger for its own good in a way. He said, so why is it cruel for them to, uh, for, for the aliens to do it, but not for the humans? So basically they're stating that the humans tag, you know, cows and all kinds of different animals and scare the crap out of it, sometimes for its own good. The aliens are doing the exact same thing. So that's, that's that portion of the interview. Um, they, below that, they have kind of like a give and take interview with an interviewer and, um, and the abductee, um, which we basically summarized earlier. But there are a few pieces of information here that I wanted to relay. Um, one of those things was that um, as they were standing around, as the abductee and the prophet were standing around, he asked about um, previous civilizations. He stated that, did any the other ancient civilizations have assistance? The prophet said the Egyptians as well as the Mayans had assistance in building their civilizations. They also showed him Atlantis. Uh, he said it was awesome. They had everything. They abused the technology given to them. Thus it was their own doing that erased themselves. Pretty interesting. Then he asked, why did you guys take me to the back of the moon? He said telepathically, it is the only place in our solar system they cannot be detected by humans. We fly by and swing into the back. So isn't that interesting? So that's the only place in the solar system they can't be detected by humans, so humans can detect everything everywhere else in the solar system but our moon? That only can lead to one thing, that the, that the moon is truly manufactured. Because every other planet is farther away, much farther away, and apparently can be monitored from Earth. Yet the moon on the back side can't be. It must be either either that the moon is manufactured or that they manufactured something on the moon to block our ability to view their activities. It's only two explanations. So he assured me that they are they were doing the right things, and by the year 2015, the whole world will have no doubt that they are here. First, we will come across them on the moon. Then soon after, we will look up into the sky, and it will be full of their ships, thousands of them, leaving no doubt that they are real. Thousands of ships. Imagine that. Now, I'm going to in interject one of my dreams here. Many years ago, well, I don't know, five five years ago, maybe eight years ago, I had this dream, and I went outside, and I looked up into the sky, and previously uh, 
at first the sky was was you know just the night sky full of stars then the sh- these ships that were cloaked immediately uh came into vision they uncloaked and were visible and there were hundreds of them zooming by past past me in the sky very visible very fast um almost as if they were in a battle it was fascinating so just to read this and to stay, hear another individual state that you know aliens are going to allow us to know they're real and that there's going to be thousands of ships um is truly fascinating um he also states that the world will clean itself again by eliminating all life on it um that and that they are to repopulate after this happens so these aliens are supposed to repopulate the earth after this happens like they have done so many times before he states that they will save the human race but remember that they are a million years that they are us a million years from now so that's a lot of information so he's stating that they are us a million years from now they are they are us they are you know descendants or are they another species that's just a million more years advanced he's saying that they are our beings just a million years from now so after this, he found himself back at his house with five minutes left to get to work. Truly fascinating story. A lot of information in there. A lot to digest. Um, you know, from the ancient cultures that they talked about um, to the gel that those, you know, 15 other human beings were in um, to them implanting uh, a device in his eyeball um, to them talking about uh, unveiling themselves after 2015 to stating that the moon is one of the only places in the solar system that can be undetected by humans. I mean, just a lot of information in this story. Really fascinating, really interesting. Um, and this guy states that he's willing to do a uh, polygraph test. He states that under God, he swears that this is 100% the truth as he stood before this interviewer. Um, so, you know, it just goes to show you that it seems like this is, you know, the real deal. Um, again, you know, we always want to look at things with a little bit of skepticism, but also with an open mind. Truly fascinating. What do you think? I think it's I think it's very interesting. I think it coincides with a lot of other stories that are out there. Um, it sounds very, very familiar, kind of like uh, it, it reflects portions of the movie Fire in the Sky. Um, with the abduction scene. So very interesting there, like very similar um, in that regard. Um, not 100%, but, you know, very interesting, very similar. Um, so I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I hope you're having a great night. Hopefully you're following your ho- your goals and your hopes and your dreams. Uh, and as always, you know, continue to question your universe around you. Um, oh, and always take care of your physical, spiritual, and emotional health. Until next time, guys, take care and Lockdown Universe out.